American football in Finland. After six weeks of play, I think everyone kind of has a better idea of how good these Maple League teams are. So we're going to redo our, you know, preseason predictions with our midsummer predictions. Uh, as a group, We'll I think we'll try to come to a consensus um, through all our picks and then put something on Instagram later. But right now, let's get into our individual picks, starting from the bottom. First up, we got last place. We'll start with you, Chris. Who you got and why? <laughs> um, this this is a real easy one for me. Last place, obviously, I've got the Helsinki Wolverines. They're definitely the worst team this season. You can tell that they've not really spent a lot of money on imports this year. They've obviously got a brand new coaching staff. I think they're just trying to get through the season. It seems like they they don't have any intent on winning games. It, it really feels like they're just going through the motions at the moment. Um, and the only time they're putting up points is in garbage time, which which isn't great. They just don't look like they're going to win any games this year. Chris chose the Wolverines. I chose the Wolverines. You, uh, Wolverine. what team are you going with? <laughs> <laughs> any specific reason? Uh, I don't think they're going to make any changes. I don't think anybody else is going to get worse. Um, I just think what they have isn't – even going into the later in the season, it won't be enough to – to, to be able to beat any of those teams as they get better. So um, we're going to continue to see what we see in front of Wolverines every game. Just a lot of a lot of points scored on them, but, but a lot of those guys getting experience, bad experience, good experience, however you want to look at it. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to be last. Let's, let's just say it. All right, let's get into sixth place. Chris, who you got and why? This is a really hard one for me because I had them ranked much higher at the start of the year, but I've gone for the Helsinki Roosters at six. Okay. And the reason, okay. the reason being, and I know, I know they're a very historical good team, but this year their secondary just sucks. Like they just can't defend the pass, and the QB doesn't cut it for me. I don't think he's he's the right guy for this team. They've obviously now cut their best player who scored the most points for them as well in Pierce Dumay. So I don't know what's going on with their organization, but it's just it's just not working this year for the Roosters. And it's really surprising because preseason, they looked like they were going to be a playoff team, but I really can't see them in the playoffs this year. I don't think that they're the Roosters of old anymore. Yeah, um, I'm just going to throw it in there. I agree with you 100%. And I feel really bad having placed them in six because I think I had them yeah. in third before the season. And even now, like, the fact that if they what, – what is bad about the Rooster situation, in my opinion, is that they didn't win a couple when they could have. Like, you, you I know we weren't expecting a lot from them – playing against the Steelers and then the Crocodiles to start the season. It's like they could start off 0-2. They did. It's like, okay, that's not bad. But then when they weren't better than the Butchers and it was like a large margin of difference of how good they are, you're like, yep. who – like, it was just – they're not in the same – I feel like there's a group of teams. If you look at the Butchers, Royals, Crusaders, where you're saying, okay – Anybody can win it. You don't put the Roosters in there. 
No. And and by that by default, that throws them to the bottom. And obviously they're better than the Wolverines. And they're just here like again, like you said, this team isn't one of the better rooster teams, but I don't even know if it's really like they're that bad, is they're just not as good as their competition. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't I don't think that they're a bad team. I just think that they're not as good as who they're playing against this season. Yeah. I, Do we know who they're going to get instead of Pierce Dumay yet? I haven't I, seen any. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess they're going running back, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I think they should do what you said and go into the defensive backs or well, get a linebacker is what I would suggest. Yeah. Jeez. But, yeah, sixth place sounds good for them. Uh, what about you, uh, Q? Who did you put in sixth place? It sucks to say. Um, but I think it's BD Roosters, too. Damn. I did not yes. expect you. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt. And I, and I had them winning the championship. So, I, yeah, this hurts me to even say. But I just feel like what I'm seeing is a championship quality play. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, but I just I just don't see it. I, I think if they keep what they have right now, we're gonna see inconsistent games. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna see the other teams doing what they want to do on the Roosters defense, the secondary. Um, if if I was anybody playing the Roosters, I'm running the ball. Um. Because their linebackers, there's no help there. There's no leadership there. Um, unless they make some changes, um, but I don't. I don't even. I, I just think everybody else is making changes to be better, and I don't see the Roosters doing that. Besides Wolverines, I don't see them doing that. So yeah, they, they're they're probably going to be second last. Now moving on to fifth place, Chris. Who did you decide to put into this spot? This one really hurt my soul having to do this because I had them ranked so high in the preseason. Um, and at the moment, if they don't change anything, this is based on my opinion right now, it's the Corpio Steelers, man. I had them at one, and I really hate doing this because I love the Steelers organization, but they need a running back. Like If they don't go out and sign a running back, they're going to end up out of that playoff spot. If If they're listening... Guys, go get yourself a running back because you're missing out on that run game right now. Now, I, I don't know if Tuka Lettinen's injured because he hasn't really been playing much. Yeah, he, he was hurt in that same game. He got hurt yeah. in that game, and then Lee Anthony got suspended slash quit. There we go. So, you know, without Tuko, because tu- Tuko's probably a number one running back, mm-hmm. but without him being complimented by an American running back as well, that one-two punch that we're so used to seeing over the past few seasons – I, I just don't think Steelers football and, and Ambrose just not cutting it for me. I'm sorry, but he just he's not a Maple League quarterback. I'm sorry, mm. he's not. Like he's really not a quarterback in the Maple League, unfortunately. Like I like his read let, sometimes, but he let just, me ask you he, this: he have the ability to get the ball there. Let me ask you this because this is what is crazy to me. If if you had to just you know out of these two players, would you take Rasmus Lalo over Ambrose? Like because both of those teams are using finished quarterbacks. Yeah. Like you, you're like okay. Ambrose is you know the golden child of Finland. Like he's a national team quarterback. He's supposed to be the next coming of the you know Miro Cadmary. But he just he hasn't made simple plays that you expect. He had a lot of turnovers compared to, in my opinion, when I look at Rasmus Lalo, I don't see a great quarterback. But mm-hmm. if the pocket's clean, he makes the right throw. 
He and does. He makes and it's a decision thing. It's not even about a talent. Like and and not even saying Lalo has like poor talent. He just doesn't have experience. But when you look at what they have in Maple League experience, if you put Ambro in the Wolverines, they're much worse than they are. <laughs> if you and if you put Rasmus onto the Steelers, they might have got a, a win. Just because he he wouldn't turn over the ball nearly as much, I don't. I know yeah, that's a I, that's a tough question to ask you, but it just it popped is. It is, and and the reason it is is because it's hard to judge it on. I've not seen much of Rasmus play QB, okay. and it's hard to to see this season because he's he's got a guy in his face nearly every play. Every play. Yeah, and that's you what know? I'm saying. So, like he has a guy in his face every play, and he's playing eh, not great, not not, not horrible. Last game he might have had it was bad. He was just throwing stuff up trying to save his life. But then you look at Ambro, who that's not really the situation. His line blocks decently for him. Yeah. And he still yeah. is ineffective. It's like, mm. is it worth it to have someone who can't even do the bare minimum for you? Because I know you you haven't seen as much, but when the Wolverines, when other teams decide, okay, we're not gonna bring the house, Rasmus does fine. Like yeah, he, he can make reads, throw the ball, and do what you need, and that's what yeah. the Steelers need is someone who can just game manage, right? Yeah, I feel like he, I feel like Rasmus is better in the short to intermediate game as well, from what yeah, I've true. seen. Like he's, he's finding them short to intermediate routes quite well. Imagine if he was throwing to Vincent McDonald and um, Hannes Haru. I'm just yeah. saying those two guys are legitimate two top receivers in the league. And the Steelers have still not figured out a way to get both of them going on a consistent basis outside the one game when they played the Wolverines. I'm also going to go with the Steelers in fifth place. And again, just like I said with the Roosters, it hurts. I have the Steelers winning. But I also feel like, you know, it's different when they take, you know, that dude off the team. And now we're looking at what we're looking at. I think similar to what Q said about the Roosters, really, is that I don't see them making enough moves or making enough changes to be better than their competition at this point. I think at this point, they're probably <clears throat> the sixth best team, but they have enough wins that they'll come in fifth place. This isn't where I think they really should be, if I was to say talent-wise right now. And also not to say I'm not sure if they're going to make – the right changes going forward. But even if they did, they could maybe win a couple more games and get into fourth place to make the playoffs. That's possible. But for me, I, I can't put them above anyone else with a clear conscience. What about you? Mm, it's a hard one right here. It's a hard one. Mm. Who are you struggling with? That's what I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling with the fact of the Royals right now. You like the Royals in fifth? I'm 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 struggling with the Federal Royals because I don't want to say Corpio is going to be fifth because I feel like Corpio could make a major change. Just get a healthy running back. You think that's all they need? I, I think if they get another quarterback. Oh, that might. Be I think if Corpio gets delicious. another quarterback, and not, and and this doesn't necessarily mean that Ambrose won't be a great player or isn't a good player. I just think maybe throwing him in there. Mm-hmm. As the starter was pre premature, yeah, too early. for the type of team that they have, um, especially when you lost reason over, um, because that security blanket isn't there, and now you have to 
you have to win games based off of his decision making more so than reason overs or any yeah. running backs. And I don't think he's mature matured to that point to handle a situation like that. So, so maybe he needs more time. Um, but you're thinking they're going to make the move. So you're saying the Royals? They're, they're going to get a running back or or a quarterback. I, that, that, changing the quarterback would be a drastic one, but getting another running back could put them back into where they want to be as far as being comfortable out there on offense. Um, they coach, great coach. He's going to make adjustments. I don't see them coming to fifth place. So you, you have I don't to, see them coming to fifth place. So, so I'm thinking Royals. I'm going – you want the Royals? I'm going Royals fifth place. Okay. Well, why the Royals then? Like, I mean, obviously you said why the Steelers because, would because not be in fifth place. I, because I don't think the Royals can. I don't think the Royals will beat UNC the next time they play them. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll put them above. They 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 definitely not beating the Crocs. Uh, yeah, I don't see the, Royals. They got the Roosters twice. That could be two more wins. Like that could just, be two more wins. Just. Yeah. If we're just looking at like right now, the Steelers are three and two, the Royals are two and two, but they didn't play the Roosters. But they got to go through this gauntlet. The gauntlet is what's True. scaring me about putting the Royals in there because that's a lot. Like, yeah, you're that's right. a lot, and that's that's why I'm leaning more so towards. And it's not their fault per se, but I'm just I'm just speaking on. Actually, I do blame them for, for not being able to get that field on the Thursday. That's their oh, fault. Yeah. Like, yeah. You got to be able to, yeah. you know, tell Voss, hey, look, we're going to do this. We're going to play on this field. I mean, I know you can't do that, but even if they didn't have to reschedule that game, they're going to still have to play, what, three games in 13 three. days? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's that's a lot for them. Um, I don't foresee them winning all those games. Yeah. Um, even if it's playing the Roosters twice, I think the Roosters split one. So, yeah, I'm going Royals field. If you're listening to my voice – you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. All right, getting into fourth place. So this is what we're thinking of a, a playoff team for sure. Well, not even for sure because there's still enough games left that, whoo, it could be tight mm-hmm. going into it. But uh, who do you have in fourth place, Chris? 4-3-2 was very hard for me. Yes. And I think they could be in any order Agreed. come the end of the season. I definitely think it's going to be these three teams, but they could be any order. Now, I put the Butchers at four. And the reason why I've put the Butchers at four is because of the Dallas Cowboys, because they're going to mess up at some point. Okay. They've got consistently better and better as the season's gone on. Yeah. Gwinner's playing great football right now. Their defense is balling out. They've got some great, great imports. Seppinen is like the Seppinen of old. He's getting it done. They've got a great receiving core, arguably the best receiving core in the league, I would say. It's up there. And I think that they're a great team, but right now I think that they're going to fluff up some games. Mm. I think that they're going to mess up some games and it's just because they're the Dallas Cowboys and they'll find a way to lose at some point. So that's why I've got them at four. But I think they're a great team. I definitely think they're a playoff team. They could arguably be second. They could be second. It just depends. You just don't know. It's it's that factor of they're a good team, but they have the ability to get it wrong. Yeah. But when they get it right, damn, they look good. 
they they've got the the first two game winning streak I've seen in a while for the butchers. So that's good. Mm. You know, heading into the break, hopefully they come out and get another win, and then you're looking at a. I think in the standings they're in second because they're three and two, and it's just this is the first time they won two games in a row. So that's great, yeah. and maybe that maybe they're going forward they actually are getting better. So that's a good pick. I definitely think they're getting better. Definitely. And I'm actually going with UNC. Uh, why did I have them in fourth place? Shoot, because I think they can make the playoffs. Um, I had them outside the playoffs before the season. I'm, again, I still feel like they have an inconsistent squad because we still haven't seen the same people on the field two weeks in a row yet. But I think they proved me wrong that if you got enough talent, it's okay. Uh, I think what they're doing differently than a lot of teams we've seen is they're able to change the game dramatically with their import play. Like RJ, a few times that he's had to play on defense, he's had a turnover. I think he had an interception every every game he played defense this year. And yep. Slater has only played two games, and he has three interceptions. So, like, just those, those two alone, it's hard to, you know, root against them. Obviously, I don't want to root against them, but it's hard to pick against them and I just think they'll I think they'll get in the playoffs. They could easily be fourth, third, or second. Like I they could be in any of those spots. I really don't care. But I got them in fourth just because I don't I think they might have a couple of games where players don't show up to the game or um someone doesn't play. Now, I don't think any of the imports won't play as well, but I think they will have a couple of games where they don't have the right personnel. Maybe they don't have enough finished players and they they get beat in a certain matchup type situation, or they get in a game where you actually wear them out too much and they're not able to, to, you know, make these great plays. Like what we saw against the Crocodiles, they just didn't have, there was no way they could hang in that game because they had so many players playing both ways. But I do, I do want to say something like really nice about UNC is I think they're going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch in the second half of the year. Oh, Mm-hmm. What I forgot to say, I think this might be the last time I get to talk about UNC. Too. Well, no, probably not. But I forgot to say is, word on the street is that the UNC Crusaders have snapback hats. And your boy want one. Um, <laughs> UNC, you know, like I, I'm putting y'all in fourth now. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming around. If y'all want to make a fan out of me, maybe I move you up to third or second. Somebody find me with one of those hats. Getting a lawyer is like impossible for me, though. I'm sorry. I have to catch y'all at an away game in Helsinki or something because I, I I looked into it. Getting a lawyer that that's that's an expense, and <laughs> I ain't got those kind of funds to make that expense. Sorry, guys. But if anybody want to, you know, help me out and want me to root for, you know, the UNC Crusaders, let me get one of those snapbacks. Uh, that's my pick. I got UNC. I know Chris had the Butchers. What about you, Q? Who are you putting for fifth? I'm going. I thought it was fourth. <laughs> no, fourth, fourth. Yeah, sorry. I'll say fifth. Yeah, uh, fourth. fourth, I'm going UNC Crusaders. And yeah, UNC. Yeah, I'm going UNC fourth. Uh, okay. For that same, for some of the same reasons you said. Um, I think some games, uh, some players might not just because of the depth. Uh, just because of the depth of the team, I think they'll they'll be on the brink. I think they will make the playoffs, but I think coming coming in the position of where they at right now, I think fourth to be safe for them, um, because 
I, I, I mean, it could be 32, but the butchers just seem like they're just going to get better. So I don't want to take the butchers out of that third spot right now. Um, so I, I, I just think that the Crusaders aren't a better team than the butchers right now, but they have better players, which will, which will guarantee them the playoffs pretty much. Yeah. So that's why I'm going with them as four. Okay, so now we're talking third place. Again, I agree into what Chris said earlier. Fourth through second, I feel like we're all going to have the same teams, but they could be in different orders. Who do you have in third place, Chris? So at third, I've got UNC. Okay. I've got the Crusaders at three. I think they're, the last game that they played against the Royals, it was a shootout. And they have some firepower now. It, Rally yelled out, great pickup. I love the pickup. I'm glad they addressed that situation at quarterback. It's what needed to be done because Rally can run. And he, and he ain't a bad passer of the ball as well. So yeah, with throw. him, yeah, he can throw. With him in the run game, complimenting Seth Rowland, who has been a machine in the last few games, they, they're looking like a good team. They they fixed up, they fixed up their they, they seem to have fixed up their offensive line problems a little bit. Their offensive line plays better. I, I would not better. get too I wouldn't get too too bold in stating that against the Royals just because no. of if I don't I don't mean to like say you're wrong. Obviously you're entitled to your opinion, but I I do want to state this because I feel like I haven't said it enough on this podcast about the UNC like line is that they cover defenders, but they don't move defenders. And yeah. if you watch when Seth Rowland does well, his speed is what is what helps him. Is he hits holes and takes away leverage angles for defenders. But that has nothing to do with his line. And then when you're watching him run, you notice he does most of the running. It's not like he's running untouched. He's running and breaking angles and you're seeing guys reach for him that aren't being blocked because he's just faster. I think that's something that really sets him apart, and that's another reason why UNC is such a dangerous team to play because schematically you can beat them. But talent-wise, I don't I don't think there is, besides Christian Powell, and that's a different type of running style, I don't think there's another running back that has the to zero to 100 speed that Seth Rowland has showed. Like he eats up yards, and it's really crazy because he's got to be, what, five foot six, five foot seven? But he yeah. moves much quicker and much faster than everyone else on the field, which means you don't really have to block. All you have to do is hold up for a second and a half. And when you watch them when when they go into pass plays, pass pro, that's what you can tell if they can block. And look mm -hmm. at pass pro. You needed uh, Riley Yeldell to be able to run because every play he was under pressure because that offensive line doesn't actually block. But on run plays, everyone's following the ball which means if I hold up for half a second on the backside, my guy might not get there. If I hold mm -hmm. up for half a second on the play side, if he goes around me fast enough, my guy doesn't get there. But if I'm pass blocking and it's a three-step drop, if I only hold up for half a second, the quarterback's moving. And UNC's quarterback always has to move. That's why we say they need to bring in a running quarterback because the last quarterback, he would just let go the ball as soon as possible and no one yep. would be open. So just I'm not I'm not trying to discredit what you're saying about the O line, but we got to watch film on this yeah, O line. I, I get I get what you're saying. I completely get yeah, what you're saying. And, I'm not saying they're a perfect finished article, 
I'm saying they're getting better. But I, the I, Royals' I defensive line is probably the best matchup for them, though, because the yeah. Royals' defensive line is good, but they're lazy. Like you, if you look at their interior of the Royals' defensive line, if they can't beat you right off the the punch, they hold up. So then you got two two guys just standing in space, and it looks like they're blocking, but they're not moving anybody on either side. I want to see now if UNC goes and plays against the Steelers or the Crocs, and they're moving bodies. Okay, you get a little more respect from me. Yes. But Royals defensive line is they play halftime sometimes. So I don't know. Sorry. I didn't mean to, to show you. No, but I, but I agree that they I think them in the third place is a good spot though. Um after yeah. what they did to the Royals, you you have to say that, oh my gosh, this team, they could win the Maple Bowl. If they get the right matchup in the playoffs, they could win the Maple Bowl. They could beat the Crocs. You you want to say well when they played the Crocs they weren't they had to come back at the end yeah but that was without a quarterback. Yeah. Imagine in that game that they played against the Crocs if instead of having to be the quarterback, RJ was at receiver, you would have had a much different game because there was plays where if he could throw the ball they would have actually been in that game early, and they yeah. just they just weren't able to at that time. So it's a totally different team. I agree. Yeah, with I think that. yeah. Go I, ahead. I think UNC are a bit of a bogey team right now. Like. He's a team I wouldn't want to play right now because I feel like they're getting better and better because they're signing more players. And I think there potentially could be more players to come. You just never know with this team. It's a team full of imports. It's like, but I I, I wouldn't want to be playing them right now. They're a bit of an unknown. They're, they're also one of those teams that I feel like I don't want. Personally, I don't want them to be great. Because I feel like the actual team isn't. It's just a lot of imports coming in at the right times. But then you're like, but look how good they are. Like, come on, man. Like these these guys are effing great. Like they making plays on plays on plays. Especially the defense, which the defense gives up tons of yards. But when you have, you know, Curtis Slater, RJ Long, and even the the import DBs, Andy Vera, um, What's the other other guy that did really good in the last game? Rodrigo uh, Velez, I think is his name. Spanish guy, yeah. Yeah, all the Spanish guys. They got a Oliveira yeah. as a receiver. Like, they all make big plays. Even Dante Edwards, the linebacker slash defensive lineman. Like, all their imports are what we want from imports. That's what, what Q would say. Like, these are the players who you know they're imports because they make an impact. And – that always gives them a chance to win games. Even this game that they just beat the Royals, they they didn't have like a better strategy. They had better players who made yeah. plays. They they picked off Timothy Morvick four times. Yeah. I, I do think that a lot of it was his fault. It was one of those situations where most teams don't get those type of you know turnovers. They always get them. This this defense creates turnovers, and I will say it with no malice, their front seven is trash. Like, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. But they have just enough really good players in positions, and they all know how to make plays. And so, yeah. being a, I mean, that's a really good team coming up. I still don't trust that we'll get the same team every week. I believe no. you said they're getting better, but I still feel like every week it's a different team from UNC. It's a different – amount of personnel, different people are playing, they're in different spots. And that inconsistency, 
I don't I don't think that they'll get enough wins to be like a number one or number two seed. But no, that'll be a three see, or a four. Yeah, I can see them yeah. third or fourth easily because yeah. they they could beat anybody in the league, but they also mm-hmm. could lose to anybody in the league. Yeah. I'm gonna let you go next, Q, before I say who I got. But who do you have in third? I got the four row butchers going third. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I got four row butchers going third, um, because. They're going to continue to play like they're playing, um, but I think they—I don't think they beat Cor- Corpio the next time they play them. So that'll that'll decide a lot for me and where they end up. But I just don't see them. I don't. I don't see Porvo being so, one of the top two teams. You think um, they're going to lose to to the Steelers think, next time they play them? I think. Yeah, I think they're going to lose to Corpio next time they play them. I don't think Corpio will play that bad again. Not against them. Um, so. I just think they're on the brink of that third and fourth. I'm not going to put them in two or first just because they 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 score a lot of points on the Roosters. That's not going to make me put them up there yet. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I got a lot on Roosters. It was good for that game, but it ain't going to make you nobody special. That's for sure. That makes sense, too. I, I like the idea of the Butchers in third. I think it makes sense to move them up to that spot. I'm actually going to go with the Royals in third. And if you're listening or paying attention, I have the Royals over UNC, who they just lost to. And I'm I think I'm doing kind of what you're doing with the Steelers. I am believing that they're gonna bring in a receiver. And that's all they need to do. I I still think their defense isn't great and they give up way too many points, too many yards. But if they're able to score, it's the Maple League, Big 12 football. I don't care. Just score points. That's all you gotta mm-hmm. do. Any team, and I think the Royals are the only team where I feel like their defense is is good enough that they don't have to change it too much. But any team that can just put up forty, if you can just put up forty, you got a chance every week. That's what that's what makes the UNC team so interesting. Is you know at any point they can put up forty, and the Royals they can put up 20, 24, 28, I guess is that what it is? They can put up twenty eight. I feel like they can, but that's because. Alpha can score three. Tom can score one. And Timothy will find another way to score the other one. And that's your five touchdowns. But where else are you going to get points from? They need someone else. And if they bring in someone else, I believe they will. I I believe and I hope. I believe and I hope they can bring somebody <laughs> in so that they have another option out there. I do. That's why I have them in third. I think that they'll come in third for that. Okay, so now we're looking at second place. I'm trying to look at chores. Okay, this is an interesting pick. Uh, Chris, who do you got for second place? I've actually got the Vasa Royals in second place. Wow. I think even I after think, the loss. Yeah, even after the loss, and I'll tell you why. I feel like their ceiling is higher than the Butchers and the UNC. Mm. I feel like they have a more of an upside. That game could have gone either way. I think if Timothy looks after the ball better, they win the game. And I think he will be more consistent on a regular basis. I think it was just a bit of a bad game in terms of his the interceptions that he threw. As you said earlier, like some of them were on him. Uh, they were just bad balls. So I think that they will they will keep getting better and they are getting better as well. They're a team that's on the rise. I think their defense is good. It's not amazing, but it's good enough. It's good enough to be in the playoffs. I think their offense is really high powered. 
it has the ability to score points quickly. Like yeah. Alpha yeah. is your game breaker. They've they've got a decent receiving core. Like it's it has Tom Swast as well, great running back. So it has, and I think he's very underrated. He's very underrated. We've talked about this pre in previous years as well. Easily about one of the best running backs to ever play in the Maple League. Yeah. American or not, like that's why I feel like people don't give him his respect. Is I don't, and I'm gonna I'm go on soapbox. I'm sorry, I have to. I'm gonna do go this every it. time I have opportunity. Go. Tom Sawosti <laughs> is better than most American running backs in this league right now. There's only two other running backs I would put above Tom Sawosti, and that's Seth Rowland and Christian Paul. Everybody else, I don't care who you are. He's better. He gives your team a better opportunity. He's a bowling ball, but he's also fast. In his last game, you see him, he skirted off like, what, 39 yards on that touchdown? He just outran mm. the defense around the corner, which you don't expect Tom Savosi to do. He's more of a get downhill quickly, but he has speed. And he, yeah, he does. he's powerful, has speed, low center of gravity, and he can catch. You've seen him catch. He had four catches in his last game out the backfield. He's an all-around running back, but – for some reason, we always forget to talk about this guy. And I mean, obviously, the Royals haven't been in Maple League in a couple of years, so it's maybe we forget. But even when when there's other like American import running backs, we always kind of talk about them a- above him. I mean, honestly, if he did as much as Seth Rowland did for his team, they would be you know on the exact same page to me. Only difference is he doesn't have to become the leading receiver for the Royals, but. Again, now I'm off slowly, but I, I want to just jump on what you were talking about with the Royals. I do I do agree with you that they have like the highest ceiling in the league. Like they could they could be the best the botany bowl could be what the Maple Bowl is. Like it, it could, could be, be. A, it could be. But they need there's one huge thing that they need, and if they don't get it, this will never happen. They need a legitimate number two receiver. No yeah, offense to the no offense to the guys they have. But in this last game, we we talked about it in our group chat. At one point, um, Maravik had completed like 19 passes. Nine of them had went to Alpha, and the rest, the other half, had went to the rest of the receivers. And it's like you need someone who can step up more than just Alpha. Hold on one second. If if they could just find a number two receiver, the Royals, like th- even that last game, they win. Easily, I agree. Just yeah. you can't just force it to one guy. And the other players, they just they weren't getting open. They were dropping passes. They were missing passes. And of course, we you got to give Tim. You know, he has to take responsibility for those interceptions. But what you gonna do? You got to try something, right? You got to make yep. throws that you don't want to make because no one's making plays for you. So you end up making bad decisions, and that's what that team looks like. If you give them another solid receiver so that instead of them having completion to alpha, incomplete, run to Swosti, now you're at third and four, third and three, you have completion to alpha, completion to someone else, run by Swosti first down. Like that's mm. the that's the that's the easy three-prong situation. And even in this last game, there was times where you know you had more Vic running to get the first down, and that was helpful, but at some point teams are going to be able to lock in on him and Swosti inside the box. Yeah. And then it's not that hard to, you know, bracket alpha or figure out a way to slow him down. You need that one more option. And I think we're going to find out after midsummer, if they have a new receiver on their team, they're all in. 
They're they're, yeah. they're trying to go to the Maple Bowl. If they yeah. do not have a new receiver, we know that they think that their management, maybe not the team, but their management thinks that they're good enough to make playoffs, and that's all they're going to try to do. Here's here's something that we shouldn't forget about, and it might not necessarily happen after midsummer, but what are Vassar Royal good at doing? Signing sweet players. Oh, you know, I'm 100% thinking <laughs> in my mind, the like, <laughs> the Swedish championship is in July, yeah. so uh, the first week of July. So after midsummer, there's like one week before that, and so you got two weeks after midsummer, and that's only like week eight of the season. So you still have like seven more weeks in the season. Ooh, don't be surprised if they get a couple of the Swedish guys. Like I would, if I was them, I would get a defensive back. I would get a receiver for number mm-hmm. two receiver, and I'd probably get a, another defensive lineman. That's probably the three I would definitely address. Um, I think they I have two two guys. import defensive linemen already, though. That's the only issue is that. They're just not getting a lot from – I mean, I think the number 33, DeMarco Artis, he's killing it, but he's double yeah. teamed every game, exactly. all game. That's and, why I would get another guy. Like, but they have another guy. guy. They have a – I want to say his name is Arkady Nas. I think he's German, number 95, but he's just not separating himself import-wise. I think Marty Koss is like 43 years old. I don't know. He's a little. He's an older guy. Number 97. He doesn't work in the middle for them, but it, I mean, at his age, sometimes he's doing really good. Sometimes he's taking plays off. That's the the catch 22 about their line. That's kind of what I was talking about them versus UNC earlier is that their defensive line, if they, if they bring pressure with their linebackers and their defensive line, they get there, but they don't always do it. And you see like they're outside of DeMarco, their defensive line rotates and they kind of take plays off depending on if they feel like they can win on the first move or not. And that's kind of what slows their whole defense from being, like, aggressively good all the time. Um, but, uh, again, I agree. They 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 have one of the most well-rounded teams. Like, it's built to be a good team, but they're missing certain parts. And it's not even like, oh, you're missing parts because you're, you're skiing. Just find another receiver. <laughs> like yeah. – you don't have to rely on these 12 year old kids to play receiver for you all the time and defensive back as well. Uh, they're, they're like free safety. He's got to be like a U 20 guy as well. And like kid was getting, it was tough for him out there, but yeah, that's, that's a good second place team. I can go with that. I'm going with the butchers. I don't know. Well, yeah, actually the butchers in the second right now. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think they'll win enough games to be a second place team. I think that they have the talent to probably be the best team in the Maple League, but their consistency is not that high. And I know that we talked highly about them in their last game against the Roosters, but I'm on board with what you said, Q. Yeah, that's great. You put up all these points on the Roosters. That's cool. That's about it, though. Like, that's all it really means is that you put up a lot of points on the Roosters who we have said have a lot of issues. And it was one of those matchup things. I think the Butchers, they match up well against – I think there's two teams they match up really well against outside of the Wolverines. They match up well against the Royals defense because they they have the number. They have way too many receivers that the Royals can't guard. And they match up against the Roosters defense. Again, too many weapons on offense that they can't the defense can't make up for. But I don't think they match up as well against UNC or the Crocs. But I think their defense is good enough to slow down UNC. 
I don't think it's good enough to slow down the Crocs. And I think that they have good enough coaching that if they were to get ahead against a team like UNC or even the Royals, that they would be able to ride it out and maintain a lead or hold a lead in those games. But I don't think that they, mm-hmm. they'd have the firepower or even the uh, the football savvy to really figure out how to beat the Crocs in a, in a Maple Bowl situation. So I think they'll win enough games. They're already in second place with three – Three wins on the season. I say they they finish with like eight wins, right? Mm. Maybe lose two more, two good more games. Who, who did they lose to? They lost to the Crocs and the Steelers. Crocs. I don't think yeah. they'll, but they already beat the Steelers again, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they they might actually end up nine and three. I think they lose to the Crocs, but I don't. I don't think that they lose to the Royals. They actually they could lose to the Royals, but I don't think that they do because, like you said, the Royals be playing in that gauntlet. But I don't, I don't think I think they might lose to UNC. But I don't that doesn't that doesn't make me think that UNC is the better team. I, again, mm-hmm. I think against UNC they could it could be either or, but I think by you look at the total points by the end of the season they'll have more wins, and that's why I have them in second place. I, I believe that UNC, Wassel Royals, Corbu Butchers, it's a wash. <laughs> I can put all three of them in fourth, third, or second. All three of them, it's a wash. I don't care what order they're in, but right now I'm just going to go with Butchers at two because they've looked the most impressive so far, in my opinion, most consistently impressive. Their bad game wasn't as bad as the other t- two teams' bad games. So – and all yeah. of them had one good, one really good game. What about you, Q? Who do you got for second place? Second place, I'm going Corpio Steelers. That is second crazy place. that you're going with the Steelers. I'm going Corpio Steelers second place. I ain't going to do Corpio. Like, I know they'd be thinking I'd, I'd be going against them, but I ain't <laughs> going against y'all. I ain't giving up on y'all yet. I ain't giving up on y'all yet, Corpio. I think y'all just had some mishaps, um, but I still think they one of the top teams that just ain't playing like it. Um, but I think with a, with the coach they have and the organization they have, they'll make adjustments they need to. And then I think Corpio will come out a different team in the second half of the season. So I'm going second with them. I I just like to say I don't have them at second. I, what I have them at fifth. But I hope you're right and I'm wrong. <laughs> I I really <laughs> hope that they turn it around and play great, and I can start bragging on them again. Because as much as I I love that we're changing the picks. You know, I still picked them first to win it, and you know, I've been right about that most of the time. I'm, I don't want to be wrong, or at least, I mean, if they at least you know come in second, I'd be like, well, you know, they were you know right there. You know, I need to ease my pain a little bit. So I think that's a good pick to go with them if if they make the right changes. Again, they're they're three and two. They're like in third technically, but they're tied in second. If they get their stuff fixed by midsummer break, they'll be fine. Now, talking about first place, I mean, I, I feel like we all got the same team, but Chris, you know, lead it off. Who, who you got and why? Well, obviously, they are the number one team, and it is the Senioki Crocodiles. They should be undefeated on a technicality. They're not. They've got a loss because of the management thing where they didn't sign over Eric Irving. But the Crocodiles are the best team in the Maple League. They are getting it done. Their front seven is arguably the best in the league. 
They arguably have the best receiving core in the league. It's between them and the Butchers, I feel. I feel they've got the best receiving cores. They have the best running back in the league. And they are just getting it done on offense and defense. They just, I don't feel like, it doesn't look like any team is going to beat them right now. I feel like if the Royals keep getting better and they sign more players, I think they have the ability to beat them. But it doesn't look like any team is going to come close to them at the moment. They, I feel like they're running away with it right now. And CP15 is just running away with it because he's doing, he's having it his own way, like a Burger King drive through right? <laughs> that, <laughs> that boy is doing everything for this team. And how are every team still going to fall for that damn halfback class? <laughs> Insane. That boy just completes them for fun. But it's great. It's great to see from the Crocodiles organization because they've got very close quite a few times over the past few years, like over the past like eight years, they've got close. They've been to finals. They've been to Maple Leaf finals, but they've not crossed over that line. And I feel like this could potentially be the year for them. That I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly, if that makes sense, that they're like just objectively better than everyone they're playing this year. But I want to play devil's advocate. You know, I got I got enough nice things to say about him later. But I do want to play devil's advocate that the crocodiles can be beat. Yeah. And it's like it's a weird thing because I know we're, it's speculating. But the teams that can beat them are teams that they haven't played yet, but they've already beaten these teams. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. The, but- yeah. the butchers team that they play. Yeah, they beat the crap out of them. But that's not the butchers team that we just saw last week. Mm. That's a, two different teams, like two totally different teams. So the team that they played, they had just lost an import. They didn't have two line. They didn't have their starting linebacker. They didn't have their starting running back. And I know excuses are whatever, but that's not the same team that played the Crocodiles. Same thing goes for UNC that played the Crocodiles. The team that we just saw with Raleigh Yodel is much better than the team quarterbacked by R.J. Long. And the team that was quarterbacked by R.J. Long lost to the Crocodiles by a touchdown where it was more like a three or four touchdown loss in their fourth quarter they put up the point. But I don't care. You still think that that UNC team could give Crocodiles business. They could give them a run for their money. Maybe not slow down Christian Powell at all, but they could at least score more early and make it a shootout more than a, yeah. And that's those two teams right there. You think I easily believe that they, if they're playing their best ball, they could beat the Crocs and they get another chance at the Crocs later in the season. But more than what you said, and your point is that, yeah, but that's all you know, it's a nice thought. But when they get on the field, shoot, the Crocs do what they got to do. And you can't take that away from the team is that they win games they're supposed to win. And that's something that we, that's kind of why we have a two through four for everybody else. Yeah. Is that you're not really sure what team you're going to get or how you're going to play. One thing we know about the Crocs is they're going to have a chance to win. And if you give them opportunities, they take advantage of them. They don't give them up. They're not going to be a team like what we saw last year from them, where there was opportunities that they, could have went ahead in games or could have stolen games and they gave they let other teams win or something like that. That's not something they do this year. And that's a, a really good progression for them as a team. Cause honestly, there's not a ton of I would say star power on their team when you think of like outside of Christian Powell. Like you have a lot of really good players though. And them playing really good together is what makes them a better team than most. Like if we if we're looking at you know we're always well I'm always looking at who I'm gonna vote for for all Finland team, 
Crocodiles don't have a lot of players that are going to make that team. But I'd be damned if, as a team, they aren't, you know, a level above everyone else in the Maple League. And I think that that selfishness that they have, even with Christian Powell, like there's times where they could just give him the ball every time and they don't. They, they keep him fresh. Yeah, they keep him fresh. They get their receivers involved. Even if even if it doesn't work right away, they try to make sure that they go game plan over personnel, which I think is really good. And then defensively, their defensive players that are like standout guys, they make plays. Like Yohani Kobamaki, he made plays. Yeah. I don't I still don't know why they have him at punt returner, but he makes plays at linebacker. <laughs> I think those those guys are gonna be good in the first place spot. The the only thing I want to rebuttal here is that UNC game. So yes, they only won by one score, but at no point during that game yeah. did I feel like the Crocs are gonna lose. No. I didn't feel no. like they were gonna lose. No, not at all. Not at all. But again, that's why I'm saying like that team, that UNC team. Totally different than what we just saw. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, like, I mean, defensively, not much different defensively, and that's where the that's where the real rub lies is that the crocodiles were scoring at will in that game, and UNC wasn't able to. And we've seen now, like, now that UNC is able to score, that becomes a shootout. But yeah, you're right. That's one thing the crocs have done really good this season as well. Is they've not been in the game where you thought they were going to lose. Once they once they got ahead, there's never been a game where you're like, oh man, this might no, 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 no. They're probably gonna win. And they're gonna win how they want to win. <laughs> if they want to run it, they're gonna run it. If they want to pass it, they're gonna pass it. They're gonna win the game. That's what really kind of sets them apart this year is the top team. But Q, give us a little, a little bit more information why the Crocs are the uh the number one team at this point in the season. Um, they're winning the most games. <laughs> I mean, it's simple as that. <laughs> they're winning. Uh, they should be undefeated. They technically are undefeated by default. They're doing everything they have to do against everybody. They're showing up against everybody. They're playing good against everybody. Not the greatest of games, um, but they're clicking on all cylinders on their team. Uh, punt returns, kick returns, uh, special, t- you know, special team as a whole. Offensively, you're not going to stop them from scoring over 27 points a game. Uh, defensively, there's not much you can do to them. You actually have to get a bad mix match, a bad matchup, to in order to score on them. It's because their defense is solid, front front seven solid, um, DBs uh, for the most part solid secondary. Uh, it's yeah. hard to beat a team like that when the guys are where they're supposed to be. Uh, eighty to eighty five percent of the times they're where they're supposed to be, and it's it's going to be hard to beat that. Like your guys are just going to have to be way better than them, and I don't see anybody getting better than them. Given no major injury to Powell or anybody like that, Crocs are going on a roll. Second half of the season, they're probably going to be even better. They and nobody can stop the halfback pass. Uh, so it's a it's a lot that you got to deal with when you're playing the Crocs now. Their receivers are getting confidence. They're scoring every game. It's 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 you can just see it. You can see yeah. that they're 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 making a run. You can see the Crocs are want it. They want it, and I I just don't see anybody topping them. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Like, you, you said it best that, you know, they're solid at every position. Well, every other team, we can find a hole. You really can't find a hole on the Crocs. The only, the only thing you're left wanting is you, you kind of want their uh, quarterback and receiver play to be better. It's yeah, not bad. Like, they, they make plays. Like, it, it's not <laughs> no bums out there. 
is is not you know the prettiest and they're not the most consistent. You have a few games where you know they don't pass, but then it's like we well, have Paul, you don't have to, and it's not it's not one of those situations where it's a hole. It's more like you know th- they be you know one of the all time great teams if they had this, but instead mm-hmm. they're just you know probably the best team of this year. <laughs> So I think uh, everybody went with them for number one. We'll we'll try to come up with a consensus a consensus next. Okay, so if we had to come up with a consensus, just based on what we've already said, sixth place—I mean, seventh place—definitely goes to Wolverines. Sixth place goes to the Roosters. Fifth place has to go to the Steelers because me and Chris both picked them for fifth place. Mm-hmm. Fourth place. Me and Q picked UNC. So I'm thinking UNC goes fourth and Butchers mm-hmm. would get third because we have them in fourth, third, and second. So in the middle would be third. <laughs> and then second place, I think we go with the Royals because we have them in third and second, but then Q has them in fifth. So that's kind of random. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they don't jump up to two on the, on the overall list, so. Q just gonna have to eat that one because that's probably the only one that's weird. Is the Royals probably the only one that we didn't have everybody have it close to? So, yeah. well, I guess we'll try to make a graphic, but just to call it back, we have first place Crocs, second place Royals, third place Butchers, fourth place UNC, fifth place Steelers, sixth place Roosters, seventh place Wolverines. And that has nothing to do with the actual standings. That's just where we think they're going to finish. Uh, if you check us out on Instagram, we'll put out, I think we're going to put out like a, a final standing before the Maple, I mean, before Midsummer anyways, that says like where everybody is ranked with their records and stuff. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. If you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFL community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. We're definitely seeing a lot of talent in the Maple League this season, but sometimes we feel like it needs to be in different spots. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have like a, a wish list of Maple League personnel changes, kind of like a midsummer wish list moves. And we'll start with you, Chris. What is a, a move or trade that you would love to see happen after this midsummer break? So b- before I start, um, I would have previously said a, a quarterback to UNC, but they've obviously addressed that issue. So yeah, I don't need to do that one. So my first trade would be Seth Rowland to the Corpio Steelers. What? I'll tell you what. That's I'll good. That's a really good one. I'll tell you why. The Steelers obviously have a massive hole at running back right now. And I feel like Seth Rowland behind that offensive line, damn, I feel that that boy would be even more successful than he has been so far because the Steelers' offensive line is such an upgrade from the UNC Crusaders. They moving guys. They pulling guys. They they kicking out defensive linemen. They do. Just, they do more than just run the zone. Yeah, <laughs> they go out and block. Yeah, it's like actually just run plays. As you said earlier, they don't just stand in the way and they move. They move guys off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So I feel like Seth Rowland in that offense and the offensive line are so big for the Corpio Steelers. 
Seth Rowland, the smaller back, I feel like he just hide behind him just and just get through everywhere. But let me get crazy. What what let's go like NFL type trade. What do you trade for? Like what do you send to UNC for that from the Steelers? What could you do? So if I was if I was the Steelers, I would probably and I and UNC I feel like they need a better defense. Mm-hmm. So I would send one of the defensive linemen over. I haven't really decided which one, but it would be for one of the defensive linemen on the Steelers. That's how I, I would send. send over. I'm going to just adjust and jump into your trade. I would send. Uh, this don't make any sense, but I would send Yanni Lindquist. I don't think he would go okay. because he's a Steeler, like born and raised. Yeah. But I think uh, when you look at um, UNC's like defensive front, they they have a, a small. Dante Edwards kind of plays defensive tackle for them, and his speed is just ridiculous. So he can get through the line. But the problem is, a lot of times when he plays on the defensive line, if he breaks through, the quarterback runs around, and then he doesn't get to the play because he made the quarterback run around, but he he knows no one there to help him. But when he plays linebacker, he's able to kind of see the play and then shoot the gap. And if you have someone like Yanni Lindquist on the D-line, Yanni is going to be able to complement his play style. Like he can either be in the middle and plug it up so Dante gets a free run, or if Dante actually pressures, he could be on the outside as a defensive end and actually come in and make yeah. that tackle. That's yeah, what they're they, missing is somebody yeah. to compliment him. I think Yanni Lindquist would be the compliment. And then when you look at the Steelers, I mean, that's obviously a, it's an important part to your defense, but also their defensive like line is not nearly as an issue because they have someone like Achilles Leroy who kind of makes up for that for them. And they have depth. That's one thing they have that UNC doesn't have. That the Corpio Steelers, they have some good guys that are backup defensive linemen who I don't know their name, but when they're in the game, there's not a huge drop off. So they I yeah. think they'd be okay with, you know what, we'll let Yanni go to get Seth because that makes us now a contender again over that's a really good trade. I hadn't thought about Seth going to them. That's a really good trade. I like it. What's another one you got, Chris? So the next one I've got, and this is this is a big one. This is a big one. The next one I've got is Christian Powell. What? To the poor Rue Butchers. Rue Butchers. <laughs> what? How does that even work? <laughs> so Christian Powell to the Butchers. And I'll tell you why. The Butchers run game is meh. It's all right. It's average, right? Mickey Jay's getting it done. But imagine CP15 on that Butchers team with the receiving core they've got, with Brandon Gwinner. Like, CP15 would be a revelation. If he moved to that team, the Butchers would be number one right now. I'm just putting that out there. The Butchers would be number one right now. I like it, but I hate it. Like, I like <laughs> it, but it. I feel like it's one of those things where if you put him on the, the Butchers, it becomes that, like, actually – very Dallas Cowboys like <laughs> because uh, it becomes that situation where you have someone like Ezekiel Elliott on your team and Tony Pollard behind him. No offense, mm. not not saying that that's the dynamic between Christian Pollard and Mickey J, but if you put him on that team, now you have to get him the ball, and that kind of takes over your philosophy of the offense compared to what they have now, where it's a it's pretty much a winner make the right decision offense which works for them because they have a lot of guys who are good at doing just their jobs. But once you put in Christian Paul, it's like you got to do that offense and make sure he gets his touches. Like it becomes a a thing. I think that actually ruins what they have going for them. 
do you know what? No, I feel like it would work. And and I feel like if they played him like the, the crocodiles are playing him right now by keeping him fresh, not giving mm-hmm. him the ball all the time, I feel like it could work with that dynamic. Only reason I don't think it'll work is because because I'll be on here talking shit about them not getting him the ball enough. Like we would we would do that. You know that's what we would do. We'd be like, yeah, they have the best running back and they're only giving him 10 carries. Shit, we already did that with Lee Anthony Reason over earlier this year in yeah. the one game where he only had like eight carries or something and they lost. But yeah. I I agree though. I mean, obviously that I think that's an easy one. Christian yeah. Paul on any team. Yeah. Trade <laughs> him the easy. So what I would send to the crocodiles, and I would I would have to send two players because of CP fifteen. I was going to say so make I, it interesting with the send back. Yeah. So I would send Mickey J, and I would send Lucas Arello. So it gives Ooh. them another receiver, and it gives them a running back, and that make I think that bolsters the crocodile. I think it works. It's a trade that works for both ways because that bolsters the crocodiles' receiving core, and it gives them a running back as well to replace CP fifteen. Hmm. It's a downgrade at running back, but it's an upgrade at receiver. Yeah, I, I actually that's a really good trade. I, I like that trade. Uh, yeah, because you send CP and you get if you get both of those guys, ooh, that that also makes it a little easier. Because I was going to say, if you if you have like all those good receivers, you're kind of taking away some of their touches by having him because yes. he's going to run more than Mickey. But if you take away Arola. That's your third best receiver. Like it's not like yep. you're giving away your best receiver, but mm. you don't want to give away Mick, uh, Miko Seppinen or Christian Nottenen. It's, not, it's no. not worth it because you're just giving away way too much. But also, those two are they would they would That's both, solid players. They're both solid yeah. players. You take Christian Paul off the the Crocodiles and then add those two. I don't say they replace him, but it makes that team. Uh, that makes that team. Scary, different, a little scary, different, different, scary. <laughs> like, yeah, oh man, that's a good trade because I I like Lucas Arales to like the deep downfield threat for the mm. for the crocodiles. I feel like they don't really have that. Not like a speed guy. Sarkil is great, and he's more of a red zone target than anything. He gets open, yeah, runs good routes, but yeah, he does. Yeah. There's imagine him and, and Arales on the same side, you know. He runs a post. Ariel runs a go. What you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do? Your poison. <laughs> what you gonna do? That's a good one. Uh, you got any more? Is that is that all you got on trades for this one? I think those are good though. Damn. Yeah. The only other one I've got, and that's a player I'm gonna drop and then pick up. Okay. And that is Ambro from the Steelers. I'm dropping him, and I'm picking up an import quarterback. But I also feel like the Steelers need a running back. But then if their Roland trade happens, I you think they're get... gonna do two trades? <laughs> so if, if the Roland ha- if the Roland trade happens, then I'm getting myself a dual passport quarterback. So someone like a Joey Bradley who has been there before, you know, a, a guy who's an American Irish or American German or whatever. Like I get myself a Julie. So as so a what you're, you're saying is you're, for the Steelers, you're they need to make two moves. Yeah. They need to I make like two. The they need to get and a running, running back, back and a quarterback. Oh, that's yeah. crazy! I feel like, I, but then I feel like if they do that, they're a playoff team. True. If they address those situations, those two positions, they're a playoff team because they've got everything else. Okay, their secondary is not as good as last year, but, yeah, but it's still yeah. all right. It's yeah. still all right. So, but, it's Maple Leaf, you just got to score points. <laughs> yeah, you get you yourself a QB. Points. You get yourself an American QB and American running back back on that team. Hey, you're you're a playoff team. 
simple as that. So that's why I feel like they need to adjust those two. Well, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's those are good moves though, man. I like. I don't, I guess I don't like the Aaron Bro drop just because I just feel like there's not much they can do at this point. Like, I don't know. Have we have we seen a team like? And excluding what UNC is doing, because they have so many imports you could plug and play. But having a team like get a quarterback at this point without it being an injury situation, I don't I don't see how your offense actually gets better. Like it's one of those things where you have to bring in someone who can exactly do what you need, and they didn't know that they were gonna be doing it two weeks ago. <laughs> well shit. Hey, bring in Jerry Bradley then. Bring him back. Bring yeah, him back. He's been in that offense for two years. Bring him back. I don't. I don't think they. Can, I don't. I mean, it's a long flight from. I think he's in Brazil now. So, but that's possible. I mean, but I. I man, these are some really good. This was just an idea that we put out there, but I feel like we. Hopefully, we have like a graphic or something for this because this would be awesome <laughs> if these things happen. Like, I love that. So, two. If you if you were to make some moves, what what you thinking? Ooh, it's a crucial one right there. Um, if I'm the Roosters, I trade for Alpha. If I'm the Roosters, I what trade do you trade for with? Alpha. What do you trade with? I'm giving you uh, a D lineman, my D line import, maybe one or two of my offensive linemen. <laughs> one and two <laughs> <laughs> and two O linemen. Oh god. Two O linemen. We're we're one Ooh, and two O linemen. Your guards. That's where they're better at. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe maybe just one guard actually. One guard. One guard. Yeah. Um yeah, but I think Alpha would do uh, wonders on that Roosters offense. I think he would be uh even I mean, I think he'd be crazy on the Roosters offense. So that'd be one crazy one. That's a good one. Uh, okay, that's it for the Roosters. Uh, any other crazy trade? I, I think maybe Christian Powell to the Corpio Steelers. <laughs> wow. I'm giving Powell up Ambro. What they going to give him? Up, I'm giving up Ambro. I'm giving up the tall import receiver. Okay. Um, that's it. That's that ain't go, that, they're not going <laughs> to go for that. <laughs> That's about all I can but Chris DePaulo immediately turns that team into the the champion. Pretty much, he probably but. turns into the quarterback also. Because I, I said I said that receiver because they don't really use utilize what they should, so it's no point in him being there. True. So it's a fair trade to somebody else that's actually going to use him. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah, but Amber um, not going to play. He gonna, he's still going to be sitting behind Whitehead. He's going to be a backup. Hey, hey, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you got something to build off of. You know, there you go. Start developing uh, Yogi. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I wouldn't trade. I was thinking about Timothy, but I wouldn't trade Timothy to anybody. Brandon Gwinner is a no trade clause. He has a no trade clause in my books. No trade uh, clause. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can't really see too many trades like that. I, I, oh yeah, I would trade JMO. I would trade JMO to UNC Crusaders. Uh, For who? Uh, I give them. I go D lineman for D lineman. I go uh, UNC Crusaders D lineman to the Roosters. He's he's more of an end. He can help out on the end. End rush for the Roosters. 
And I yeah. get J-Mo. That actually know. makes sense, too. That's yeah, a good, yeah. Look, I put in some time. Well, not a lot of time, but I got some some ideas. Here's my first trade. I want Thomas Haru to the Royals. Mm. And when I do that, I I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna shortchange anybody. I'm sending the D lineman Demarco Artis to the Steelers. And what I'm doing for the Steelers, I'm doubling down on good defense. You bring in that that one much more like great defensive lineman, they don't have to worry. Ambro can just hand it off to anybody. Just don't throw the ball, and we start winning game seven zero Steelers, and we out of here. There ain't nobody scoring on on that defense with him and Achilles Leroy both playing together. I think them with Yanni Lindquist and the defense lineman that they have. I don't know how to say number ninety nine's name. That's why I don't want to say it, but. They're going to be fine. They'd be able to stop teams. They'd be able to stop teams from passing because they their pass rush would be too good, and they'd be able to stop the run because their linebackers are good enough. And then they'd be able to win some games. But then also the Royals be able to win some games because they can let people score anyways. They just can't score enough points because they don't have enough people, and they have Hannes Haru. He could be that extra receiver. He has the best trade mm-hmm. ever going to happen, and I think it needs to happen. It's a real one. Y'all need to make that happen. I don't know about the logistics from Vasa to Popio, though. My second trade would be this is a blockbuster trade. I'm trading four people. I am trading R2 Topola and Yuhani Kovamaki from the Crocodiles to the Helsinki Roosters for Johannes Yohainen and Tavi Arnpa. Mm. So what I'm giving the Roosters is the linebackers they need. Athletic linebackers that can help in the run as well as coverage. Because that's where they, mm. they've had issues is they can't stop the run with these guys, but also when they're in coverage, their linebackers are useless. They start dropping defensive ends in the last game. Did you notice that? The Roosters were dropping defensive mm. ends. Yeah, It didn't do mm-hmm. anything, but they were trying. And that's because their linebackers couldn't do the job. But if you brought in R2 and Yuhani, that all that'd be solved. The defense would be better. They'd have some chances. And I think for the uh who got sent? Oh, for the crocodiles, they don't really need linebackers. They'd be all right. <laughs> if they got uh mm-hmm. I sent I sent I sent the back, I sent one of the linebackers from the Roosters so he would be able to play and they they'd have a decent linebacker. But I sent Johannes so they'd have another receiving threat. He'd be that that like deep downfield threat, and they like to pass, so it can't hurt to have a good receiver. Again, that's a good trade, and if you're listening, y'all need to make this type of stuff happening. All these trades, they're fictional, but we want to see them happen, just in case people are listening. Last one I got is for the Butchers. This isn't a trade, but I think they need to pick up a right tackle because their their right tackle is a liability. I've watched way too many games where a right tackle has gotten destroyed anytime the defensive end is halfway decent. And I know it hasn't shown up in the what is it, the box score, but a lot of times Brandon Gwinner has to throw with a little bit of a hitch or he's scared or there's pressure in his face because his right tackles not can't protect. And I think if they just found a better right tackle, 
I don't care where they get them from. Just somebody that was a little bit more athletic, a little faster, they'd be unstoppable because that actually ruins their pass game a lot. So those are the trades. I feel like if anybody – we got to make a graphic or something. I don't know. We'll figure out some way so people can see these trades because this, this needs to happen. I think these be the best trades that ever happen. Um, I don't know how you actually make trades happen in the Maple League, but if anybody likes any of these trades, talk to people on your team and make it happen. Now let's throw out some mid-season MVP candidates from the Maple League so far. I feel like I, – I know I wrote down like a list of like seven, but it's tough. So we've seen some like up and down games, and then we've seen some players kind of come on late. I got some names in my mind, but Chris, uh, who's somebody that you think definitely – or if you got more than one name, but who do you think could be a – or is in the running for MVP right now? Um, the most obvious one I'm going to go for is obviously Christian Powell. Mm-hmm. I feel like he is the best player in the league right now. He's getting it done for the Crocodiles. He's running a ball. He's receiving a ball. That boy be passing the ball. <laughs> He's doing everything for them. Like. I, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat it. How the hell do these teams keep falling for that damn halfback pass? It just I, works. It's like an unnecessary flex. Like he didn't have to do that, but he did, and he continues to. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. I love it. But yeah, I mean, Christian Powell, he's the complete back. He does everything, and he's a real he's a real real nice dude as well. I'd love to see him win the the award at the end of the season. And I feel like he deserves it. Like, he deserves his flowers. He's been in Senayoki, what, this is his fifth year now or sixth year? I think it's like his sixth. Yeah, sixth year. Like, he's been there for time. He's not even a, he's not even classed as an American import anymore. That's how long he's been there. So, I feel like he deserves it. And I feel like he deserves a championship as well. Like, I, yeah. I, I do I – w- I would love it if the Crocodiles did win this season just for that guy because I feel like he's put his heart and soul into that organization and – He's done everything for them, so it'd be great to see. But yeah, he's definitely my main MVP candidate. Yeah, I agree with you 100. I think he would be an easy pick, especially right now, because when you look at all these games and even some of the best players, it's easy to like nitpick and say, "Well, you know, he did good this game, but not so good this game," or "He was okay, but he was great this game." Christian Paul has been consistently good to great every week. We have every year, yeah, every year. Well, we're again trying to limit it to this season for MVPs, <laughs> and that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and even if you go every year, normally every year there's a a one game where he just doesn't show up. Well, not not show up, but he doesn't have success. That has not happened this year, and no. that's that's something that I've noticed about this season. That's a little bit different. Is they've done a really good job, like you said earlier, of keeping him fresh, and mm. the proof is in the pudding. Like he's able to either. If they need him to, you know, score early, he scores early. If they're going to wait until the third or fourth quarter, wait till third or fourth quarter, he's still fresh and he's able to do it. And he's not, like, tiring himself out. He doesn't have to carry the team, per se. There was one game where he had 35 carries, and he did what he had to do. And that's – He that's did, was, and he's got that ability if they need it. If, if they, they need, need to go to that, they can do it. Yeah, and that just makes him kind of a head, shoulders above everyone else. I think he's – clearly in a tier by himself right now for MVP. In, in my opinion, someone else to get MVP, players will have to do something extraordinarily great, like consistently, which is hard to do. Or CP will start to have, will have to start having, you know, less spectacular games, which yeah. 
I'm not even sure if that's possible. Like, what would he have to do? Like, start getting less than 100 yards? But in a game where he doesn't get 100 yards rushing, he probably has three touchdowns. And you're like, who cares? <laughs> I mean, that's that's how it would be. Christian Paul would have to start having games where he gets, like, 50 yards and one touchdown, which I don't see that happening. I think he's 100 yards, two touchdowns every game this year. Yeah, it's crazy. He's putting up some numbers this year, man. What about it? Do you have any other guys that you want to throw out there? Like one more guy? Um, I want to throw out Alpha Jallo. Okay. I want to throw him out there. I feel like the Royals, they lean on him a lot. So his stats are quite – his stats are very good. You know, he's consistently getting over 100 yards. I think there's been one or two games where he's not really performed at the start of the season. But he's definitely – he's a game-breaker. He's one of those guys where you get the ball in his hands at any point of time he could score from any yeah. place in the field. So he ha- he has that game break ability, and not many no, there isn't many players that have that ability to do that. And he can help you in a return game as well. Like you just got to get the boy ball in this boy's hands. He is an electric player, playmaker, and again he's just he's a humble guy. Like great baller. I feel like his connection with Timothy Morovic is getting better and better. So and as I said, the Royals have quite a high ceiling as a team. I think they're going to get him the ball more. I definitely think if they added a number two, it would complement him even more and you'd get more targets. So, yeah, I, I feel like uh, Alpha Jalo is definitely in the mix for MVP. I, I, I agree with you that Alpha has definitely set himself apart this year. I do feel like for him to really have a shot shot, he has to have a couple more of those, like, explosive returns. Yeah. And I know, like, that's asking a lot for someone to have, like, returns, but he needs to score, like, two or three return touchdowns only because, I mean, it's, it goes back to anybody who's watched any type of awards for football, giving MVP to a receiver over the quarterback who throws him the ball is always a tough sell. Oh, yeah. And we, I mean, and anybody who watches it can know you in this last game they played against UNC, they threw a screen a stop screen to him where he's behind the line of scrimmage and he took you like 50, 60 yards for a touchdown by outrunning an entire defense by himself. But still, someone had to throw him that ball because it became it was a receiving stat. So when you play like receiver, you got to like set yourself apart. And what he's done, he, normally what he does, he has a couple of those touchdowns. This year, I think the few times he has like really good returns, they've been called back because of penalties. Yes, yeah, they keep so cool. <laughs> Yeah, so we see it. But it's hard to give him the credit for it, knowing that the stats aren't going to like back it up, or that they didn't. The plays don't count. So, I but I do think that if they have a couple more games and he does do that, like he's easily up there as one of yeah. the, the top players in this league. Uh, top players. I'm going Leroy for Corpio Steelers. Really, Leroy for Corpio Steelers. Yeah, and I say Christian Powell. We are Eric Irving. Eric Irving. Yeah, make a case. Make a case for those two. I'm going Eric Irving because I feel like if Eric Irving keeps doing what he does on defense um and special teams, I think he's probably, you know, would be up there as far as the top two playmakers in the league. And he just stands out. He stands out every game and, and that's what you want to pay attention to when it comes to the out, most outstanding players. The only sucky thing would be his running back would probably be up there too. And yeah. more than likely Powell would get denied before he would. But but I think Eric is standing out every game. I think he's doing everything uh MVP type uh defensive candidate is supposed to do. When you think about it in the history of football, 
um, guys like Charles Woodson, those guys were who they were because they consistently made plays in every game. They made an impact in every game, and that's exactly what he's doing. So if you're thinking if he keeps doing what he's doing, now he does it every game, it would be an amazing season to have on defense for anybody. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think Eric would, would definitely go up there as one of the top players in the league. And uh, Leroy for the Corpio Steelers, he's mm-hmm. an active linebacker, um, holds their holds their front seven down. He's everywhere, tackles all the time. He's a, he's the fourth and one guy. Um, he's gonna make. He wants to make the play in the fourth down. Uh, he's he's active. He's hyped. He hits everything. So my guys are uh, obviously defensive guys. Um, yeah. But I think I think they they, they keep playing like they're playing. Then we got to give them the nods too. I like I like both of those. I think Eric Irvin, like you said, what's unique about his situation is he can impact the game in multiple places, which gives him a chance to be like the overall MVP or for us the CSU outstanding player because that's outstanding being able to you know block kicks, get interceptions, and score touchdowns like that. Three different ways to affect the game, and then Achilles Leroy is a great linebacker. He's probably going to lead the league in tackles this year, I think. I'm not 100 sure, but I mean, he's on every play for them. Me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go defensive player first. Well, no, I'm gonna go two way player first with Curtis Slater. I know he's only played two games so far, but in the two games he's played, he's looked like one of the best receivers and one of the best defensive backs in the league. And that's not even to mention he had one or two good returns as well. Just hasn't, you know, broke one. It's, that's another way that he can impact the game, too. I think he's a turnover machine. He sees ball, gets ball. And not only does he see ball, get ball, he sees ball, get ball, score touchdowns. Like he He's one of those – who would I compare him to? I would say he's like that, like, Deion Sanders type player. Or, no, Ed Reed because he plays safety. Like, he doesn't just – make plays and do his position, he also scores you points. And then to to double entendre on that is he plays receiver and scores you points. He don't just go out there and take up space as an import. He runs routes, catches difficult passes, and gets you points any part of the game. Only thing I haven't seen him do is play quarterback or kick. And I think he can throw. I'm not sure if he can kick. But I think by the end of the season, we're going to see more from him on this team, especially with Crusaders being so thin with depth. And he's going to he's going to easily be up there as one of the top players. Just not sure if he's going to be able to keep up, you know, averaging one interception or two turnovers a game. I think in the first game he had a fumble recovery and an interception and a touchdown. And his last game he had two touchdowns and two interceptions. So if he just keeps having two turnovers every game and one touchdown, I think he'll actually win this award easily. The other guy I got is his teammate, Seth Rowland, running back for UNC. Um, 200 yards every game, all purpose. Some way, somehow, he's going to get you yards as either a rusher, a receiver, or a returner, and he's the, the glue to that team. I think he stands out, and I'm actually having a – inner turmoil about him and Christian Powell. Again, I probably shouldn't have said it on the podcast, but I I love Christian Powell, and I think Christian Powell is overall the best player in the league. But if I had to think about who's, like, the most outstanding, what Seth is doing on the team he's on is 
a little bit more impressive. And it's kind of that whole situation of like, this, there's a reason why people don't win multiple Heismans because you have a body of work to compare them to. So it don't look as like impressive. And I think that's kind of what I'm having with Christian Paul. I'm just tired of him being great. <laughs> and I'm accustomed to it. He's more like a LeBron. Like I know he's going to be good. He's going to average 25. But I see someone else doing it, and it kind of looks a little different. Also, with Seth Rowland, his O-line sucks. Like His O-line sucks. And he is still able to get 100-some yards rushing or another 50, 60 yards receiving every game. He is able to work with the worst, I think, uh, not the worst. I would I would say, uh, I mean, they're probably tied with the Wolverines for offensive line, in my opinion. And he's able to make you not even notice that the offensive line is not very good. That just makes him one of the best players in the league. So those are my two. Uh, just to recap, we got Christian Paul, Alpha Jallo, Eric Irvin, Achilles Leroy, Curtis Slater, and Seth Rowland as our midseason MVP candidates. American football in Finland.